Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Sometimes I can be guilty of a sin called fatalism. Fatalism goes like this. I am the way I am. My family is the way they are. My country is the way it is. It's just never going to change. If anything, it'll get worse. <laughs> the problem with fatalism is it leaves out one big factor. God. <laughs> For instance, in 1917, the Russian Revolution took place, and for 72 years, Russia was under oppression, atheism, preaching in the streets was illegal. Then in 1989, the Iron Curtain fell. And three years later, in 1992, Billy Graham went and preached at a mass gathering, 150,000 people heard Billy Graham preach in Moscow. One cold night when it was zero degrees, 20,000 people had to be out in the street looking at a big screen while he was preaching to a packed stadium. And that happened within three years. And, I, and I was, I'm a Lutheran pastor, and I was with a group of Lutheran pastors. We went in 1992 and handed out Bibles to teenagers in the public schools of Moscow. You can't do that in the United States. So my point is, don't be a fatalist. God can turn things around. And we're going to look today at a passage from the book of Acts chapter 9. If you would grab your Bible, Acts chapter 9, and we are going to see God turn five things around. Acts chapter 9, and let's pray first. Father, there are probably many people watching this show, and they need something turned around for them. Their finances, their marriage, their health, their children, whatever. Lord, we would pray that you help us not be fatalists, but help us trust that you are God and you're bigger than any circumstance. God, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 22. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Do you know who Saul was? Saul was the great persecutor of the church. He hated Christians. He threw them in jail. But Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus in a vision, and Paul became, Saul became the Apostle Paul, the great preacher of the gospel, who wrote a lot of books of the New Testament. But, you know, imagine that you are a Christian in the first century, and you'd be tempted to be a fatalist. The Roman government is against us. The Jews hate us. We are thrown to the lions as entertainment in the stadiums, and it doesn't look like anything is going to get better. And then all of a sudden, God takes one of the worst persecutors, Saul, and it would have been a victory for him to drop dead. He didn't drop dead. He actually converted to Christ, became Paul the Apostle, and converted many people. <laughs> so here is the first thing I want you to learn today. 
Jesus turns people around. He turns five things around today. The first thing he turns around is people. He turned Saul into the Apostle Paul. Your Uncle Joe, the atheist, who you don't think would ever convert to Christ, you don't know that. Keep praying for him. You never know what God's going to do. We had a program you might have seen some months ago that here's a man raised in Islam. Family is Islamic. Boom, he comes to Christ, and now he's going to my old church, and he's leading a Bible study. <laughs> God turns people around. And another thing God, uh, Jesus turns around, look at Acts chapter 9, verse 23. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill Paul, but their plot became known to him. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night, led him down through an opening in the wall of the city wall, lowering him in a basket. Now, Jesus turns people around. The second thing he turns around, Jesus turns evil plans around. The Jews were planning to kill Paul. What they did is they got him out of town so he could go preach the gospel to the Roman Empire. They didn't know they were doing that, but God did that. God can take men's evil plans and turn them out for good. I'll give you an example. You maybe saw the show we did on this, but I have struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life. And I'm a Lutheran, but I was going to this Catholic support group called Courage. And it's a support group where you just maintain your faith without giving in to temptation. Well, a very liberal gay magazine in the Twin Cities found out that I went to this group. Undercover, they put a reporter into the group pretending that he wanted help. And he wrote this horrible article against me and against this Courage group. Worst time of my life. But you know what happened as a result of that? This TV show used to be on just in Minneapolis. We're on all over the country now. We're, we're on in various cities. We're on two national networks. And I never would have gone public with the fact that I personally struggle with that temptation. But I think God wanted me to go public with it, so he forced the issue. And I had to go public with it to tell people, yes, you can have this struggle, but you don't have to give in to that sin. So God can turn men's evil plans into good. I think of Joseph in the Old Testament. His brothers threw him into a well. He gets sold into slavery. But at the end of it all, he becomes second man in Egypt, keeping his family alive. And he says to the brothers, Genesis 50, 20, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. God can turn evil plans around. Let's look at Verse 26. And when Paul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple now. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road to Damascus he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus turns people around. He can turn evil plans around. The third thing Jesus turns around here, he can turn circumstances around. Paul is now converted. He's following Christ. And he wants to join the church. 
But the apostles say, no way, we know who you are. You're, you're the persecutor. You're, you're trying to be a plant. And, and then Barnabas has to pipe up. No, he really got converted. And you know what a lot of people would have done in Paul's shoes? Well, the church has hurt my feelings. I'll never go to church again. I mean, I, I, I've been a pastor many years. I hear things like this. Pastor, I haven't been in church for 10 years because somebody at the church hurt my feelings. Well, you know what I think is fair to say to that person? Okay, I understand. Hope you forgive that person. But where are you going to church now? And see, uh, you, you, I, I, I've been a pastor many years. If I left the church every time I got my feelings hurt, I'd leave every other week. But I stay in church because I need the church. And because in Hebrews 10, we're commanded to be part of the church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. If you, are, if you have abandoned the church, you need to find a good church and start going every week. And let God do for you what he did for Paul. Just hang in there and let the circumstances turn around and Barnabas pipes up and says, no, Peter, he really is a, uh, an apostle now. I mean, uh, it's very possible you're in a rough marriage watching this program or you're in a horrible workplace, but you think the Lord wants you there. What I learned from the Apostle Paul is don't hightail it out of there. Sit, wait, and God can turn circumstances around. Let's look at verse 32. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Verse 32. And now we're going to turn from the Apostle Paul to the Apostle Peter, what he's doing. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down to the saints, the Christians who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. Jesus turns people around. He turns evil plans around. He turns circumstances around. And here, Jesus turns disease around. Now you might say, but you know, Pastor, I've been a Christian now, and for years I've had this certain disease and I prayed for the Lord to heal me, and I've still got it. What's going on? Well, I would say Jesus does turn disease around, but sometimes he gives us something better than a healing. He gives us heaven. Many of you, maybe most of you watching the show, will die of some disease. And, and you might sound, it might sound trite to say, well, he's going to take you to heaven. When you're in heaven, it's not going to sound trite. I've said this many times. When you and I are in heaven, we're going to look back on earth and say, why did I scratch and claw to stay down there? So, yes, Jesus turns disease around, but sometimes he gives you the greatest healing, which is called heaven. Nevertheless, it's still true on this earth. Jesus turns disease around. I know a man, I think he's 83 years old. He's a Lutheran missionary. He travels to Eastern Europe still at age 83, and he does missions work. He's a real inspiration to me. Some months ago, he told me of a health problem he was having, quite serious. So we prayed on the phone. And, and I, a few months later, I talked to him again. I said, well, how's it going? How's what going? We well, you know, the, the disease. He said, oh, it just left. <laughs> and God can do that kind of thing. He can still turn disease around. 
Jesus turns disease around, people around, circumstances around, evil plans around. Why does he do this? Why does he heal people? Look at verse 35. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, the healed man, and they turned to the Lord. This is a pattern in the book of Acts. God will do a miracle and people get saved. They come to Christ for salvation. Verse 36. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went, and then he goes, I won't read the whole story, he goes and he raises Tabitha from the dead. And there's the last thing. Jesus turns around people, circumstances, evil plans, disease. The last thing Jesus turns around? Jesus turns death around. Now, I don't think this happens that much. I don't know of an example in the United States in my lifetime where somebody was actually dead and came back to life. There were some reports in Indonesia back in the 70s, I remember, of people, missionaries actually raising people from the dead. I don't know. But we can't put anything past God. I will tell you this. I've said this on a previous show. We have a, a man in his 70s who does all of our finances for this TV show. When people put in, send in money, he's the guy that calculates and does. It's a lot of work. He does it for free out of the goodness of his heart. But you know what? Years ago, he was on the construction site and died of a heart attack. And they rushed him to the hospital and he said, I went through the tunnel and I was taken up and I was seated in this room and here were these two figures at this table, and they looked at me and said, you have to go back. And then he said, boom, I came back to life in the hospital. People were amazed. It sounds like he died, and God brought him back. And I said to him more than once, I know why God brought you back, <laughs> to do the finances for this TV ministry, and I do believe that. So, you know, we can't put anything past God. He turns death, disease, all of that around. So the, the big question I want to ask of you now in, in this half hour is this. Have you let Jesus turn death around for you? Let me quote some famous people on their deathbed. Voltaire, famous French atheist, uh, French philosopher of the 1700s. I am abandoned by God and man. I shall go to hell. Charles IX, King of France, what blood, what murders, what evil counsels I have followed, I am lost. I see it well. Thomas Hobbes was an English skeptic or agnostic, if you will. Quote, I am taking a fearful leap in the dark. French Cardinal Jules Mazarin, quote, Oh, my poor soul, what will become of you? Where will you go? And Thomas Paine, American revolutionary and an enemy of the Christian faith, Oh Lord, help me. Christ, help me. Oh God, what have I done to suffer so much? But there is no God. And if there should be, though, what will become of me hereafter? If ever the devil had an agent on earth, I have been that one. You can die like those men. Or you can die like this. 500 years ago, Martin Luther on his deathbed, quote, God is the Lord by whom we escape death, 
Into thy hands I commit my spirit, God of truth. You have redeemed me. William Shakespeare, in his last will and testament, I, William Shakespeare, in perfect health and memory, God be praised, do make and ordain this, my last will and testament. First I commend my soul into the hands of God my creator, hoping and assuredly believing that through the only merits of Jesus Christ my Savior to be made partaker of life everlasting. J.P. Morgan, American multimillionaire, in his will, I commit my soul into the hands of God my Savior in full confidence that having redeemed it and washed it in his most precious blood, he will present it, his soul, faultless before the throne of my heavenly Father. So my question for you is, have you let Jesus turn death around for you? I want to just ask you, if you've never done this, I want to ask you to do this. Don't do this tomorrow. Do this today. Get alone with God. Take a walk if you have to, but just get alone and talk to God about your sins. And then tell God you're sorry for your sins. And then tell God that from now on, you're going to believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to earth, lived the perfect life that you couldn't and I couldn't, and that he went to the cross to pay for your sins, to die for your sins, to take the punishment for your sins, so God can forgive you. And then tell God you believe Jesus rose from the dead and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. From now on, I'm trusting you. I'm following you. If you've never done that, take some time and talk to God about that. Not tomorrow, today. And then find a good church and start going every week. And if you've never been baptized, go to the pastor of that church and say, Pastor, I, it's time for me to be baptized now. Let's, let's schedule a baptism because... You know, no matter what a mess your life is in, <laughs> Jesus turns people around. He turns circumstances around. He turns evil plans around. He, he turns disease around. And make sure, though, that you've done business with God, that you have come to Christ, that you're trusting in him, and that you have let Jesus turn death around for you. Amen. Well, uh, welcome to the question time of our show. Jackie, our... Question lady is having dental surgery, so she'll be back soon. So it's me asking me questions. Here we go. Um, are there some people who don't die, but God takes them directly to heaven? The only two instances I know of that are Enoch in the book of Genesis and then Elijah. It says Enoch was not because the Lord took him. And then Elijah, if you remember, he was with that fiery chariots of, of uh, horses and stuff. So those are the only two. I, I, so it can happen, but it's almost never happened. <laughs> um, a lady wrote, I have become a Christian, but I don't feel differently. How can I be sure where I go after I die? Well, we don't depend upon our feelings because there are days I don't feel saved either. Feelings can lie to you. The way you're saved is you trust the written promises of God. I'll give you one. 1 John 5.13 I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And somebody showed me that verse when I was 19 years old. That verse changed my life because I didn't know for sure I was saved. But when I came to understand we're saved by grace and not by being good enough, we're saved 100% by Christ's death on the cross and hallelujah, not by what weak little old me does. 
It changed my life. So I would just encourage you, whether you feel it or not, you're saved if you believe in the Lord Jesus and you claim 1 John 5.13. If you wonder whether your sins are forgiven, you claim uh, Ephesians chapter 1. In Christ we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. And if you're not sure He forgives you when you ask for forgiveness, you claim 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So trust the written promises of God, not your feelings. If I am sick, is that because I have sinned? The answer to that is maybe. <laughs> if I go out tonight and get real drunk and I wake up in the morning with a hangover, there's a connection between my sin and my sickness. If I was to go out and sleep around and fornicate and end up with herpes, there is a connection between my sin and my sickness. So sometimes it is. But then if you read John chapter 9, the disciples say, Jesus, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, nobody sinned. This was for the glory of God, and Jesus heals him. So sometimes there's a connection. Often you're sick because you're just part of the fallen world, and you haven't done something wrong. Uh, next, some TV preachers say, if I have faith in God, God will always heal me for sure. Is that right? No. <laughs> Some of these TV preachers drive me crazy. Send the money and you're going to be healed of your lumbago. Sow a seed into my ministry. Why don't they ever say give your money to your church? Why do you always send it to them to get healed? That, that is not Christianity. And what I like to quote is, it says in the Old Testament, Now when Elisha became sick of the illness of which he was to die. Elisha raised people from the dead. He, nothing was wrong with his, with his faith. So, I mean, will God always heal me if I ask for it? In one sense, yes. There's something called the ultimate healing. It's called death. So if, if that's what you mean, okay. But um, beware of some TV preachers. Next question. What is the anointing with oil that you have talked about? Well, in fact, I just had a conversation with this with my pastor. I had to go to a Missouri Synod Lutheran church and I said, you know, if I get sick, do they do the anointing with oil at this church? You know, where you call for the elders and you give, put some oil on my head and you pray for my healing? And he said, yeah, we do. And this comes from James chapter 5. It says, if, is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, anoint him with oil, and, and pray for him. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man. He will be raised up. So, uh, and I said to this pastor, because it says elders plural, if I need this, I don't want just the pastor alone to anoint me. It says elders, plural. So I like, I like to have a couple people do it. So that read James chapter 5 for the anointing with oil. If I am in a job where they are asking me to violate my Christian conscience, should I stay in that job and wait for God to turn things around? Well, if they're asking you to sin, like lie in your business or pretend it's 20,000 when it's 5,000, you know, you know, you can't do that. You got to quit. Sorry, but that's, that's the way it is. Um, what are some comforting verses for people who are waiting for God to turn things around? Well, I like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up like wings of eagles. They shall run. And you know, when I get weary, I like to sing. Or there's another great song from Isaiah 41. 
Do not fear, for I am with you. Be not anxious, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, for I am with you. And, and then there's the great verse, Romans 8, 28. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. So Isaiah 41, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31, Romans 8, 28. Those are some good verses if you're waiting on the Lord to to step in and do something, and he's taking longer than you like. <laughs> Those are some good verses. All right. Um, here's a viewer that wrote in. Uh, you said it is better to stay single once you're divorced. My question is, does the staying single also pertain to people who were not Christians at the time of their marriage and then became Christians later? I think it applies to everybody. If you read Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said those verses about divorce to the Pharisees who were not believers. I think it's true for everybody. So the way I read uh, Matthew chapter 19 or 1 Corinthians chapter 7, if you're divorced, stay single. Get, get reconciled to your spouse if you can do that. But if that ain't going to happen, just stay single and see, serve the Lord as a single person. If your prior spouse dies, then I think you're free to remarry, but not while they're alive. Yeah, but what if, what if he marries somebody else? I still think you just stay single. And again, you read this on your own, but that, that's what I read in 1 Corinthians 7, Matthew chapter 19. That's the way I understand those verses. Next, um, my, my relatives tell me they believe in the Bible, but they don't believe it's the inspired word of God. I think they go to a very liberal church. How do I answer that? Well, 2 Corinthians 3, excuse me, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. And I had somebody say, well, Jesus never says anything about homosexuality. Well, um, uh, the Old Testament does. Uh, uh, the New Testament epistles do. And if you believe Jesus is the God of the Old Testament, Jesus did say something about homosexuality. And in John chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said, God made us male and female. And he talks about marriage being between a man and a woman. So yes, in a sense, Jesus did talk about it, but it's not just the words in red. It's not just the words Jesus taught that are scripture. The whole book, 2 Timothy 3.16 is inspired. You cannot pick and choose. Well, thank you. That's our show for today. May the Lord turn around in your life, whatever you need. Cry out to Him for that. That was our message today. We thank you. So many people uh, give us, uh, send us letters and donations. And I've been busy lately because now we're on two national networks and then we're on locally around the country. So thank you for your donations. Thank you for praying for us. When we get more donations, we just add more cities to see our show. So we've been doing this nationally now for 10 years. <laughs> so God bless you. Thank you. Uh, keep praying for us. And we'll see you again next time at the Pastor Study. If you want to see this show over again, go to pastorstudy.org. All of our TV shows you can see for free at pastorstudy.org. God bless you. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. 
If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.